This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. This month, Cult of Luna will release their new album, A Dawn to Fear, the band's first material under their sole name since 2013's Vertical 1 and 2. A record comprised of eight tracks running 79 minutes, A Dawn to Fear embodies everything the band's faithful have come to expect from them while covering new ground. Purchase your copy now at metalblade.com slash cult of luna. Once again, metalblade.com slash cult of luna. Rob Zombie's Three from Hell picks up the story of the Firefly family, where Devil's Rejects left off. Catch exclusive content on each event night, September 16th, 17th, and 18th. Visit fathomevents.com backslash three from hell for tickets. Fathomevents.com slash three from hell. Once again, exclusive engagement September 16th through the 18th. Go to fathomevents.com backslash three from hell for tickets. Fathomevents.com slash three from hell. The Who, spelled H-U, masterfully blends hard rock with traditional Mongolian throat singing with their first two videos going viral and garnering over 30 million views. Their debut record, The Gehrig, is out now. Following a sold-out headlining tour of Europe and the UK this past summer, the hype behind the live show was equal to the praise on the music. North America is next this fall. Get ahead of the word of mouth and pick up a copy of The Who's debut album, The Gehrig, and check out the viral music videos for Wolf Totem and You View View, all out now. In North America, don't miss out on the live experience everyone is talking about this fall. Go to thewhoofficial.com and pick up The Who's, spelled H-U, debut album The Gehrig, out now. It's the Metal Sucks Podcast with your hosts Petter Speich, Brandon Hahn, and Jocelyn Sharp. Metal Sucks Podcast. Hello, friends out there. This is your host, Petter Speich. I am always joined by... My name is Brandon Hahn, and you can spell that with a B. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and the Facebook at Mr. Hahn Comedy. Go. And also, before we introduce uh, the co-host this week, Jocelyn Sharp is on the road, as many of you guys know. She will be on the road for the rest of the month. So what we did is we brought in our, a fourth member, a fourth member of our other podcast, Rise to Offend, if you guys don't know, um, and that is Sylvia Alvarado. Say hello, Sylvia. Hi. Sylvia will say hello to all of you in I'm, a very I'm nice... saying hi right now. Right now, it works. Yeah. Me she, saying that she's saying hi said, doesn't work. When she said, <laughs> when she said hi, I, I understood her. Absolutely. I'm glad. Yeah. I didn't say it in, in, my, in my Spanish yeah. language. Your, your gibberish. My gibberish. <laughs> <laughs> Hola. You speak, what, what does that mean? You speak American and you get the hell out! <laughs> oh, Brandon. Always welcoming. Always welcoming <laughs> to everyone. So anyways, guys, with that, though, make sure you do follow Jocelyn Sharp at Jocelyn Sharp on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And that is J-O-Z-A-L-Y-N, not J-O-C. And follow Sylvia at? It's Sylvia on Twitter and Instagram. All right. And then if you want to follow me at Rise to Offend, Facebook and Twitter, Rise to Offend official on Instagram. This week, guys, bucket list one for me. Another one checked right off. I got Johannes Person from Cult of Luna on the show. We're here to talk about their new album, A Dawn of Fear. It is coming out September 20th. But before we do that, as always, we're going to talk about the Metal Sucks news. But we got some emails first. Oh, my Lord. Emails, you say? Unleash the fan mail! <laughs> first, we wanted to touch on something that happened on Twitter. I was oh, not involved God. in this, you know, as, as Brennan turns the sounder down a little bit. Yep. 
Brandon, yep. what, what happened on Twitter? Because you made a, a wonderful statement last week uh, calling the modern day generation what again? Oh, I called them Generation C. So rewind. Why did you call them? And, and we're like in that in that age yeah. group. Like where does what that? Is, what, is what, generation what is Generation C? C? And by the way, for people that don't know, what does the C stand for, Brandon? Oh, it stands for cunt. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, you got to understand, this is what happened, okay? I got angry because Taylor Swift fans were trying to like take down tool yes they were questioning yeah because tool was trying tool was gonna take over taylor swift's number one spot that she's held for how long one week yeah and it's like, but still, all right, you held it for one week. Did all right. you read the tweets where a mm. lot of the girls, like the girl, 16-year-old girls were like, who is this tool? I, it, I believe we read a few. It but was a little infuriating. It, it was, okay, so <laughs> obviously. So Brandon was infuriated. Sylvia understands. So yeah. you understand why he would label an entire generation, Generation C? I'm not going to lie. I, yeah, you I get it? You got, yeah, <laughs> I'm going to tell you something. Sylvia, you're part of Generation C. What? You know, no, you were born, you're born in that age. You're born in the age group. What? I don't think she is. I no. think she's a millennial. Okay. I'm a millennial. And that still counts. No. The and fact that she'd important. rather be a millennial than, than the new generation. generation. <laughs> I don't want to be generation kind. Okay. <laughs> I actually would agree with this, but... <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. Millennial does sound worse than generation C, but... <laughs> no. no, the other way around, oh, dingus. The Whatever. opposite, dude. It's both the same. No. Anyway. Uh, Jeez. Get out of your parents' house. So... Uh, not you, but just, <laughs> just generation millennials. <laughs> anyway, back to the Twitter. So Brandon look, called a whole generation a bunch of cunts. And no, you got to understand, it's not the whole generation. It's mainly the ones that are on uh, Instagram and Twitter. It's just the ones that feel like, I have to make my voice be heard. And it's just, and they're not doing anything. You're not winning you know, anything. You're not changing yeah, you're your just, world. Yeah, exactly. You're uh. just shouting out into the abyss. So like when I hear that, and that is specifically the last two generations where it's like constant, constant, constant. Okay. Look at me, look at me, look at me. But anyway, we got a guy. I'm going to defend them in a second, but go ahead. His name is? So anyways, Mr. Gary Stack. Mm, on Twitter. Okay. He hit me up on Twitter. That's uh, at Mr. Hunt Comedy. Uh, he hit me up on Twitter and he said, as a member of Generation C, I did laugh at your crack at us on today's Metal Sucks podcast, but just know that a good chunk of us aren't cunts. Now, I know that. Yeah. I know that, Gary Stack. And here, you got to understand something. I think it's like, I really do think it's like 10%. I don't think it's this whole entire generation. I just think it's 10% that don't do anything, and all they want to do is pretend like they're doing it's, something, make this life, this huge fake yeah. life on, the, on, on these social media platforms to make themselves look more important. I know there's plenty of you guys out there that are p- pounding away at the pavement, and you're, sure. you're, you know, you're part of the silent majority. So yeah. I do think it's like the 10%, but my God, that 10% is so loud and so, so annoying. annoying. Yeah. It's just like, oh my God, dude, you don't even know what the hell you're talking about half the time i guess that was a good apology yeah so you're saying the stupid are the loudest yes there's a fucking yeah who saw that coming well right that's what i'm getting at it's the same thing with political parties dude it's like you look at the left and the right uh-huh. the only people that both sides are attacking are these small 10 percent that are so loud that are so stupid mm. sure. but that's the but those stupid people are the are what the opposition uses as the poster child you know, to, you know, and that's all I'm saying. So guys like Gary, I know you're out there pounding the pavement. I looked at his profile. He went to college. He's not a bad oh, guy. That's good. Mm. Right. You know good. who didn't go to college? Huh? Me. 
<laughs> I think everybody else in this room did, huh? Yeah, but guess what? Though? Boom. But yeah. guess what? Moved out of my parents' house. I don't have a heroin habit. I'm fucking crushing it. Yeah, but it. you needed me at 17 to help you move out of your parents' house. I did. I did need that. <laughs> I did need that. <laughs> so, yeah. I loved my parents' house, and I moved out to help you. Yeah, that's, that's right. a good friend that's right That's what right his there. friends do. But guess, guess who's doing this podcast? Bam. It comes full circle. It comes full it comes circle. full circle. 20 years that we have <laughs> helping each other out. So, so I guess that was a that was an apology. That was an yes. apology to the 90%. Keep in mind, Brandon's edge is always at the minority. It's never at the majority. It's never generalized. He's generalizing the minority that makes him mad. Right? Yes. Can you're we say total, that? Yes, you're right. You're okay. right. So if you are part of the... I, now I feel bad. Now, so they're ten, the 10% 10 is... Oh, we got it. No, 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 no. But I still, gotta, now I got to come up with a name for the other 90%. We got a couple other emails I wanted to address About Generation Dick. That's... Generation D. Boy, that's a double down. That's not funny. <laughs> Are we laughing? No. Are people listening good. laughing? They're all like... Well, it's the opposite of Everybody cunt. slapped their head. It's the opposite of well, cunt. I mean, like, what about vagina? I can't call them generation vagina. No one's going to want to be that either. Even though vagina, vaginas, vaginas are strong. Are, they're definitely tougher than penises. And You're they totally are right. Great. They are great. So, and you've never like really had a lot of fun with one. I've I have lost had, control of I this show. I have one. <laughs> I know you have one, I've but I'm lost. saying like I, you know. Anyway, it's moving on. Generation on vagina. Generation vagina. Well, it, well I think I, we got another email and yep. it says, hey, man, why don't you guys do fucking bits anymore? Well, Brandon, I'm going to have to go to the lab. And, and that rap, the, the, the DO rap took a lot of effort a couple weeks back. It took a lot of effort. So now we might have a generation uh, um, a bit idea. Generation vagina. Don't do generation D. Uh, maybe generation cunt. We'll think about it. And then throw in your little famous chicken dick if you want. I don't give a shit. We'll figure it out. But we will do a bit next week. Can I, can I make that commitment to the crowd? First off, you better give a shit. <laughs> you had better give a shit. Because these bits take like a whole 45 minutes of my time to make. That's and, a long time. And that is a long that fucking is. time. You could be doing so I much. I could be playing Madden. You, could, yeah. you know you know when I did the bits, it took me a whole like three and a half hours. So I'm a little pissed that it takes you 45 minutes Actually, and you sound it, 50 times better. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> I mean, Pete, I'm the talent. Let's go. <laughs> oh I brought Sylvie in to... to Yeah, to cut into my talent. I cut into it. your I talent. Get it. I get yeah. it. I get it. Yeah. So anyways, next email, guys. We got a couple. The, this one uh, leads into a Metal Sucks story that we did want to talk about it's from our guy james murray out there in british columbia canada writes all the time james you're the best vancouver british columbia canada i apologize so this is his email it's no secret that some of the personalities in the metal community can be described as larger than life but axel wrote an article earlier this week that got me thinking and i'd like to hear your guys's take on the situation it's regarding Alyssa white glues and her alleged sabotage of her former bandmates in the agonist now keep in mind guys james is from canada these are canadian Canadians that we're talking about. Just so you know. So we have to respect the region. All oh, right. Super friendly and kind. Yes. Yeah. It's been years since she was kicked out of the agonist, Alyssa, and she still seems salty. Can't she see she's won in this exchange? She's played an arch enemy, an internationally recognized band, while her former bandmates are still struggling to get to that level. I feel like she literally walked into the high profile position and it went straight to her head. Not only that, but her attitude towards Thunderball clothing earlier this year was less than stellar. Are you guys fans of the agonist? What do you make of the drama? How far do you go to separate the art from the artist? Thanks for all your hard work. I look forward to every new episode. Thank you, James, man. We love bringing them to you. P.S. I applied for the MS internship. Want to put a good word out for me? Absolutely. James, we're putting out a good word right now. You hear me, Axel? Vince and Axel. You hear me, Vince? James Murray, make sure he's qualified to your guys' standards, and we we, we vouch for him. I he, like him already. He runs a 4540. Sylvia... <laughs> 
physical prowess does mm. not mean a good injury. Oh, my God. He just can throw so you know. 12 sets of uh, 225 at the NFL Combine. Back to the email. So, yes, there was more Metal Sucks news about the agonist Alyssa drama. Now, let me just break this down for everybody because we're going to we're gonna dissect it, us us three here on the Metal Sucks, who know nobody from any region or band of this union, or nor have I interviewed or even talked to anybody from these bands. The agonist, okay? Mm-hmm. That was Alyssa's band, Okay, with the other members of the band, but that was her band. If you listen to Prisoners, if you listen to Lullabies of a Dormant Mind, if you go back, you know, and listen to all those songs, she wrote those. If you listen to, like on Prisoners, a song like uh, Panophobia, I think that was a hit where she screams and she has this beautiful part where she's singing. That's her band. That will always be her band because for 10 years she struggled to make that band successful. Now she got offered a much better day job. In Arch Enemy, her profile's risen. I mean, the talent, you can see from when the Agonist started, the talent that Alyssa was. So she did move up the ladders as far as the metal universe goes, and now she is a, a major figure, I guess, as far as we see singers. And yeah, she's internationally recognized as that because she went to Arch Enemy. But I go back to my point. Arch Enemy is not her band. Arch Enemy is Michael Amott's band, all right? One of the greatest guitar players in our genre of all time. Just like Jeff Loomis, who's also in that band, fantastic and amazing guitar player, and I love seeing him, but Nevermore is more of his band or his solo project. And that's what I mean. When we got the last Arch Enemy record, let's be honest, good record. I enjoyed it. Not that I, not, not at any moment did I think, hey, look what Alyssa's brought to the band, or even what Jeff Loomis has brought to the band, which is crazy because he's one of the greatest guitar players. So as a hired hand, even though she's a main part of Arch Enemy, It'll never be her band. Now, has she been salty about it? Fairly? I haven't noticed. I remember when she was on the Josta podcast back in the day with her and her boyfriend Doyle from the Misfits, if you guys don't know, she did break a story saying that she was fired and how it went down. And it was a one-sided tale. That's what I remember her being salty, right? But she said exactly, I think, what I said. Like, that was my baby. That was my band. And that's where I think that she'll never get over it. Even though she is in a higher profile chair right now, she'll never get over the fact that, you know, when you fill in shoes in a band, you're, you're more of a hired hand. Like Gary Holt's never going to say, look, Slayer is my band. It's not. It's a great situation to be in. And I think we'd all love to jump in that play, uh, you know, position, but it's not his band. So with that, Brandon, Sylvia, and then what, what Vicky said was just kind of reiterating, I think, what the band feels is that, like, this hurt us. It did hurt us. Alyssa was a huge talent you lost, and you replaced it with someone that was, I think, just as good. Vicky's fantastic. The record they put out, Eyes of Providence, just as good as Prisoners, the one that Alyssa left. Those are probably two of their highlight records. Their new record, Orphans, excellent. So the music's never changed, but the profile changed, you know, and that's... I don't know, man. I want to know, did Alyssa want to do both bands? She did, and that's she why she got fired. See, honestly, oh. I think that was kind of a bad move on the Agnes's part. I mean, it's like if she's over here writing all the lyrics and writing the songs. And she's writing with them, but there are her yeah, songs but, opposed to Arch Enemy. Yeah, but again, I mean, this is somebody that was with the band since the inception. And again, we all know what happens when you switch out lead singers. So it doesn't work out quite as good as it no. does like in Arch Enemy's case. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? So... Uh, I, I don't think it was a smart move on Agonis's part. I mean, they could have used her stardom to launch that band as well, much like Corey Taylor did with Stone Sour. Why not do that? 
And that's another thing is that... People, I understand they wouldn't be touring as much, but they're going to be getting better gigs. And Alyssa did put out a very professional... Alyssa and her management team put out a very professional like denial of, hey, we've done nothing. Because the, the original drama, if I haven't brought it up to you guys, mm-hmm. Vicky said in an interview was that she's done everything to hold back the agonist from, you know, going forward. Like she's done things to undercut them in the music business. From the outside looking in, it, you can see it because the Agnes was on Century Media, which is Arch Enemy's record label. Mm-hmm. Uh, their last record was Eyes of Providence. That record cycle was done. And then, yeah, they were off the label right away. So I, you can't, you, you can go coincidental thing to be like, well, Alyssa said they don't want the Agonist on the label now that she's on the band. You can, you can make that case. But at the same time, you don't was, have proof of that. What was the Agonist? How were their record sales after she left? And it's like, if all of a sudden, if you're not making money and the label's going, all right, well, look, look, it's the money. Let's just go with this hot thing over here. Mm -hmm. You know, that's what they're always going to do. So it's very. And I don't think they should take it personal. Like you said, like it's what record companies do. If you're not bringing in money, you're not bringing in sales, like you're going to get dropped. And on top of that, she wanted to stay with the band. Mm -hmm. If she, if they would have let her stay with the band, this probably wouldn't have happened. No, truly, you're probably right on that, but there is no, that, that band would have had to wait to put out a record every five years and then maybe tour sporadically. Arts Enemy is a machine, man. It's just like when you're talking about, can Corey Taylor do Stone Sour and Slipknot at the same time? No, he has six year breaks between bands. You know what I'm saying? There's a right. large gap between you, Slipknot records and tours. Like, they're not going to be losing fans. Yeah, and that's the whole thing know? is they, I don't think Alyssa would lose fans if she stayed with the Agonist, but... No. With their decision, it makes sense, though, that they're like, look, we want this full time. We're going to let you go because you've got a better gig and you've been looking for a better gig. That's what I guess how I see their their stance is like, look, eventually this is going to break because right. we can't mm-hmm. be active. Don't right? get me wrong. I see the Agatha's point of view. Alyssa wanted to have both worlds. Right. But in, in the process, you know, I think. It came it off was, as selfish. It was it was coming off as selfish, exactly. And then that that the thing about the clothing company, we did talk about that when that story happened. Uh, same thing, it kind of came off where it was, but you know the management team, which is led by Angela Gossow, the, the former singer of Arch Enemy, they are very aggressive with defending Alyssa if anything goes sideways. Just like this, this thing was very professional. The denial of she had nothing to do with the mm-hmm. the thing. And she even said, like, hey, me and Vicky can talk. We've never even met. We've never even spoken. Um, and that, you know what else is I learned is that, like, one thing you say in the media, that just starts a storm, man. Well, because there's guys like us that are like, mm, we need something Ooh. to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> What's Ooh. the tea? Ooh, Generation C. But it's just, that's that's all it is, dude. It's just constant, constant clickbait. And that's, but let's, let's go back to the unfortunate truth. The main point is that, is Arch Enemy Alyssa's band? No, no, they're no, not. no. She's a hired gun. What, yeah, was was Jason Newstead ever really? Uh, was Metallica ever his band? That's why he left. No, exactly. And that's and I think that's why I think she's allowed to be salty because she lost her band. Right. You know? mm-hmm. She lost the band that she, even though they never broke through everything that they got with her, she gets credit for. But now it's like. But at the same time, if you were in that band with her, that entire ten years, mm-hmm. starting from the ground up, that is hard. Mm-hmm. That is, yeah. they, she, she, they were with her during the most difficult times of their careers, and she's the one that capitalized from it. They didn't. Yeah. So I mean, it's like so for her to just sit there and think that the band's just going to die without her, or, or wait around five or six years for her to come back and do some yeah, kind of tour. You can't. You can't expect people who want to do this full time, who want to like always put out records. You know. Not not five years, but maybe a year in between or whatever. Exactly. You, you can't expect people to just wait around because you want to go to another band. 
Exactly. And that, in that, in that way, cause I'm, we are fans of both the agonists and arch enemy. So it's always like when mom and dad fight, we're like, I don't want to take a side, but I do want to, you know, see both sides. So honestly, man, if I were you guys like us, a metalhead support both, there's no evil villains in these bands. They just got some uh, little drama. That was fun to talk to for a second. Uh, but let's move on to a villain. You guys want to move on to a villain? I love villains. <laughs> we love to hate. We do. That's you know, this is the metal sucks podcast. Let us, if, if someone did something blatantly wrong that we could just call out absolutely oh, okay. um, before we get to the villain though i do want to say while i was reading this james murray sent me another email right through while i was reading his old email oh. and it, it said this uh because i gave him my update which i just pretty much said to you guys he said hey the, i guess the grass is always greener on the other side that was another great episode this week i feel like han was really on this episode generation c was a stroke of genius thank you <laughs> oh god oh, oh god. dude i don't want <laughs> oh fill up my oh, ego no, oh no, don't <laughs> but you know yes. what i like han is on han is on I han is like on i yes. really like oh, that oh wow by the way dude I, you know what the name of my llc is rock Han. That's it. <laughs> Shut up. It's real. Rock Han. Rock Han. Rock Han. So I can't think of a worse one. Rock Han. No, it's not. It's amazing. Han is on. No, uh, Han is on. All the Generation C just said we won. Yeah. <laughs> right. I feel like yeah. it needs to be a Kenny Hasht- No, it's going to be hashtag. The Han is on. Han is on. The Han is on. I want that to be a Kenny Loggins song. Oh, no. The Han is on. So, James, keep listening. Thank you, man. We appreciate you so much. Um, and, yes, moving on to the next story that we want to touch on. Before we jump into our interview with Johannes from Cult of Luna, guys, former Anthrax vocalist Dan Nelson arrested for assaulting two elderly men. By elderly, I mean 73 and 74 Ooh. years old. Did they steal his cookies? 73 and 74 years old. What do they have to do to get punched? I just have you said. met a 73-year-old man? Steal cookies, huh? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, hon- honestly. Hey, no. Rock Hahn is a villain. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly. I mean, first off, I have to know. I have to know what happened. Because, again, I'm going to go back to Dave Chappelle's special, which I thought was genius. Mm-hmm. He goes, he goes. this is going to sound like victim blaming. He goes, but when Chris Brown beat up Rihanna, the very first thing that came out of my mouth was, well... What'd she do? That is I victim blaming, know. asshole. I have to know what that's, happened. That's a horrible statement. I have to statement. know what no, happened. No. That's because not okay. Because there are some men out there <laughs> who will just hit a woman or elderly people with because they're pissed off. I understand Generally, that. Generation C that, totally won now. No. <laughs> what happened? You're quoting no, a horrible, no, horrible... No, yeah. That is you're, not good. No, you don't, no. You, don't, you don't believe in a court of law. My thing is no. this. I want to make sure... Well, what, we don't know. Dude, here's the deal. There are plenty of 70-year-old guys out there that if they throw a fist, they're going to be able to knock a tooth out. I got to know what... Maybe they were beating up his mom. Who are knows? there... Are there? Pl- where did you do this survey? Huh? 70-year-old men can knock tooth out? Ivan Drago. He'll do it right now. Swear to God. He's not 70. He's 65. Mm-hmm. That's okay. eight years away from these gentlemen. Oh, I thought you were going to say eight years away from 70. I'm like, you're dumb. And he's talking about Dolph Lundgren. Yeah. 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 But here's the thing. I think I just want to know what happened. Yes, of course the guy is sound. This is to- of course this is horrible. Okay, I just okay, want to know on, what happened. Before, before, you, before you switch sides on us, Sylvia, did you see him defending this guy? These guys? Did you see that coming? I thought this was kind of a cut and dry story. I, know. <laughs> I, didn't. I gotta know. And then he had to bring up the worst part of the Chappelle special. Well, because <laughs> Han is off. <laughs> Han is off. Dude. No, no, no. Hashtag Han no. is off. Han is off. Dave was right on on that part. My deal is, is like I gotta know what happened. I have to know what leads up to these type. Of I things. guarantee now, you, if you want, we can get an interview with Dan Nelson, but it's not gonna. Happen. No, 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 exactly. Well, is he going to be able to get a phone call no, from jail? I mean, it's just like there was a story in in Las Vegas um, where 
a woman pushed, uh, I think it was like a 70 plus year old man who said, hey, she said something about like, he's told the woman, you know, you need to be polite or be more kind. And this chick. Yeah, like, shoved him right off the bus. Shoved him off the bus. He was in a 70s. What, what did he say that was wrong? He, he, I, no, no, that was a psychopath. So that's what I'm saying. I go, whoa, 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 whoa. That was a psychopath. Yeah, but we saw, but it, on, we saw it on camera. But you need to know what happened. With we you, saw it on camera. You, you think there's not camera footage in the hotel where this happened? I want to see the footage. Oh Damn. No, no, Otherwise, I, Dan no. Nelson is vindicated. No, I'm not. No, I want to see the, the footage. Is, the Han is dead no, off. Honestly, no, I'm not. No, you're jumping to conclusions. I want to see what the happened. The Han is gone. I want to the see Han what happened. Gone. No, no. Hashtag the Han is gone. The Han, Han is, is gone. on. No. No, I want to know what happened. I just want to Hashtag know what happened. Hashtag conspiracy Hans. Why, I don't why, am I, why am I such a dick? Because I want to know what led up to this guy losing his mind on some 70-year-old guys. That's all I want I'm to know. I'm going to read the story for you, okay? Okay. Because okay. I, I think it's pretty obvious what did. And it's going to start with the word A and like end with the word L. And it's something to do with anal. I, that's what I thought too. <laughs> Alcohol fuckers. Oh. Oh. <laughs> All right, never mind. I guess, I guess, I guess anal can lead to you punching a 70 year old. I, well. I mean, if it yeah. hurts. If, if a 70 year old guy tried to put it in me, I'd be upset. Yeah. I probably wouldn't punch him. I'd be like, dude, yeah, dude, dude, you're 70. Dude, you're 70. But then he's got that old man strength. You don't know. Old man strength is not a thing. Hey, bro. <laughs> like the adrenaline kick in. That is a thing. The adrenaline barely <laughs> kicks in when you're seven. You're like, wow, I could stand up from my seat. Have you seen, have you seen the previews for Last Blood? It's coming. He's 68. Anyway. Two years away. <laughs> you mean to tell me if Sylvester Stallone didn't punch you in the face right now, you wouldn't feel it? I'd feel it. There you go. And then I'd be like, thank you for that autograph, sir. Last, last Rambo. What is it? Last blood looks so good. Anyways. All right. This the is what is off. This is what happened. And this is according to the daily news, which I don't know what that is, but it sounds like that's the most generic news ever. So it's had to been around forever. Okay. okay. So it took place at a, a loft hotel near LaGuardia airport at 1130 PM on August 30th. Nelson played a gig in the hotel's performance space with his band. James, the 70-year-old man, I don't want to say his last name, one of the alleged victims, was there to see his friend fill in with Nelson's band in place of their regular drummer. And, and James criticized Dan Nelson for performing while he was too drunk. He said, you had a rough night. So Dan Nelson whacked him and then kicked him. Okay, sounds like a piece of shit move. That's all I want to know. I didn't know the story until you just said it. Now, everybody on the show knows that Brandon Hahn doesn't read the stories before we get into our show. I go from the heart. <laughs> I like to hear Clearly. about it. I like to hear about it for the first time, and then I just go right for it. <laughs> Hashtag Hahn is prepared. <laughs> no. don't, you want to, don't you want to hear like initial reactions? Come on. That's clickbait. I got to tell you, there, there, I, I, I've, told, I've said this on the show many times, Sylvia, so, and you might surprise me as well, but Han and Jocelyn will say something that I never saw coming, and I'm like, do I backpedal here? What do I do? I'm, I'm stuck. I'm sure you'll get me on this, too. Have okay. I ever done that to you guys? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, you're, you're constantly prepared. Yeah, people, I it, hate having no edge. God, I need to make more. That's I, what I'm yeah, saying, I dude. You no think, do you think I thought out Generation C last week? No, no it came bro. from the heart right there on the spot. <laughs> I heard about Taylor Swift, and I'm like, and I just came out. Generation C, bam. Well, all you, I want every generation to get ready for the interview coming up. That's millennial X, C, Y, baby boomers, and uh, I don't know any other generations, but guys. And by the way, fuck that dude for punching that guy. No, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Now he gets to go to jail, and now he can't experience the A and the L. That's anal, not alcohol. Okay. I was going to, I want to clear that up. Thank you. Okay. 
Good to see we're all on the same page. We're, we're all on the anal page right now. <laughs> yeah, sorry. All turn three of us. Turn the anal. page. All day. Turn the page. <laughs> turn the page. Somebody. somebody yeah. oh, I hope this book is just one paragraph. Oh, yeah, lick <laughs> lick a finger, turn the page. No. <laughs> Don't lick it. Spit in places. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that, guys, let's jump into our interview with Johannes from Cult of Luna. Everybody, what is going on? Petter with the Metal Sucks Podcast on the phone. I have Johannes from Cult of Luna. We are here to talk about their new record, A Dawn to Fear, which is coming out September 20th out here. A Dawn to Fear is your first album as Cult of Luna since Vertical, but in between you had a highly successful collaboration with Julie Christmas with Mariner. How important was that album and its demand for this next chapter? I mean, uh, what we have done... Uh, for the last 20 years has basically uh, uh, been a total like a, a linear journey to in lack of better words and and the Julie album that was it, it was um, we were still uh, going down the path that we had already decided when we started writing vertical that we wanted to go to the city and then look upwards and continue on into some kind of space theme um, so just working with Julie in uh, was just an addition to what we already had decided thematically. And um, so, I mean, what we do now is a product of what, what we have done for the last 20 years. So, I mean, it, it was as important as any other record we've done because we, have, I mean, we ended up here. Yes. And now a lot of times with those collaborations, when artists do collaborate and um, it's harder to play those songs live, but you guys did accommodate that. I can think of like uh, when Neurosis and Yarbo put a record together. It was a fantastic record, but there wasn't a live presentation. It was only meant for the fans and for the listeners. You guys did accommodate that and do a lot of, uh, not a lot of touring, but you did a lot of event shows behind Mariner. Was that initially part of something you guys were planning on doing or did you feel the record would just kind of be for fans in a, in a collaboration process to listen to. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we had no thought of ever, ever performing it live. So when we kind of got asked or <laughs> pretty much I uh, was forced to do it, we had no idea if we were able to recreate what we did like on record live. Um, so we just had to to pretty much take a chance and say, okay, let, we're probably gonna be able to do some kind of, of 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 representation of the album. But it it worked out better than than I expected, actually. To to, to be honest, and we had uh, we had a, a couple of months of discussion with Julie and, and uh, her uh, husband uh, Andrew. Uh, they, he he is a producer and take care of. Of, of the whole stuff, uh, electronic stuff, um, and of how we were going to actually be able to, 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 to do what's on record live. Um, and after, like, I have, like, I'm, I'm such an idiot when it comes to technical stuff. So I kind of just hope that that, that the people in the band and, and Andrew and Julie could figure out how to do it. Um, and they did. <laughs> and I just showed up when it was time to play. Nice, dude. Nice. I was lucky enough to see you guys. I'm in Las Vegas uh, when you guys did the Psycho Vegas show a oh, couple yeah. years ago. Yeah. And um, the way that festival set up is that it's crazy because you guys had the big room inside the joint. That was the, the festival set up at the time. Yeah. And um, 
right before you guys, like Surath Ungol played, and there was very few people there. And I and I watched them, and then the turnaround when you guys took the stage, the whole place was packed. Like it was an event. Like fans were excited, and the performance was it was real yeah. special, like kind of a one of a kind thing. And I don't know how many of you guys did it across the world, but it was only about fourteen shows. Does that sound right? Yeah, yeah. I think it was seven in Europe or uh, six in Europe and and and. Uh, yeah, we did the Roadburn too. Right. So yeah, fourteen fifty-eight. Yeah, but that show in Vegas, that was oh, I wish just we. <laughs> I mean, there was I mean, there were so many things that need to work enable enable. I mean, so we we were able to actually play it live, mm-hmm. which means that in festivals, all I mean, festivals always suck because you don't you never have enough time to prepare and sound check and all that, which is very important when it comes to when it comes to. Um, um, I mean, sound check it out. and we were not ready. And the Kurt, like we were looking at each other, and 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 we were talking about different stuff. We were we had to 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 adjust, and then the curtain rolled, and we and we went, <laughs> even though none of us were prepared prepared to do it. And it was your first show on that tour. I talked to Julie right before the uh, tour. Uh, I did an interview with her, and yeah. uh, she said that you guys didn't have time, unless I'm mistaken, this was a, a little while back, but you guys didn't even have time to rehearse together, correct? Before you guys played at that show? No. Yeah. Man. Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. But it's, it is what it is. And, and we, had, we had done the European tour, and I mean, if you're a, a mediocre musician, I mean, you, you should be able to, to get back on the horse, um, after done, if you've done a couple of shows, yeah, I'll tell you right now, I've been to not every cycle Vegas, but uh, I'm going this year as well. But that was the highlight of my ex- experience on all the festivals that I've seen out there. And um, that festival's so lucky because oh. we get so many acts that don't usually come out here, you know, um, to yeah, 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 the states or primarily Vegas. Like I said, we're not exactly uh, uh, we have so much going on here that a lot of bands do skip us, but yeah, that so that festival's just amazing for us. But that was quite the performance um and i do remember i remember um yeah just it was, just walked away and then i think the next band after you guys was coc and um yeah. it was just a great just to just to follow follow that together like i said surathon goal you guys with julie and then coc that's a magical day for me um and then the swans same night same stage yeah it was great so anyway sorry yeah 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 i'm, yeah. I'm reminiscing on you did you go around and see a lot of the bands while you guys were at the festival i know you guys were flying so it might probably your schedule was a little tighter right yeah uh the only band i can remember uh watching uh was uh, swans mm. um for, I, I i don't think i saw the whole show though but but it's at least a, a good hour um uh, I, yeah, I probably saw a bunch of other bands too. I think Abbott was, was playing, right? Yeah, I missed him though. Uh, yeah, he yeah. was. Yeah, 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 yeah. that's yeah, the yeah. bad part is you got to pick and choose. Yeah. You know, the, you know how those go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you know, at festivals, you, you're you, you you basically even though you're like a big fan of a band, you just watch a couple of songs and oh, okay, I've, I've seen them. Let's go see. The, yeah. <laughs> Well, nobody left during your guys' yeah. set. I'll tell you that right now. It was packed. So um, that right. was that was an excellent moment. So do you like touring like that? Do you like doing kind of the event shows, like just like five dates across like the states? Or do you like doing the full cycle on the regular? I know this was a, a different experience because you had Julie involved. But like when Colta Luna comes out, do you guys like doing it kind of in an event atmosphere like that? Yeah, like I, 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 I don't like... I don't like uh, uh, doing too long tours. I, I, I mean, um, doing 
like flying over to do five six shows in the U.S. That kind of feels like a waste. Uh, to to be completely honest, I mean, we might as well do a while we're over, over there. Uh, I can't remember why, but for some reason we were we only could we only could do those shows. Uh, but in general, when it comes to touring, like I'm, I'm not like we we decided pretty early on. I mean, we, we did our we we've. Um, kind of done our uh, heavy lifting uh, at the beginning of the our career and, and we toured a lot in Europe and, and, and all that um, but pretty early on we decided that we were not going to make this our career um, and we're none of us are into touring too much we've, we've um, we have like a like a 20 shows limit like nothing more not more than that not a, I can't remember when we did a 20 show but like yeah 18 20 that that's our limit and then i need to go home um i just like i can't i like, i love playing live that's the sole reason why i'm playing music like that that's like the, the closest to like a transcendent experience a uh, hardline atheist like myself can experience but still um for me um i'm in a lucky position that i i i, I like I leave nothing behind. Like I, I like line of work that I have. Like I, I can deal with it. Like I'm a, mm. I am my own boss. I have, I have uh, an employee that kind of covers for me. Uh, the kids, yeah. it's, uh, it's a bigger issue. Like I, I have no problem being away from my <laughs> girlfriend for for weeks and weeks. I mean, she has her job and she goes away for weeks too. Um, but. You know, the kids, it's an issue, and especially when they're get, getting older. Um, then, like, uh, up until now, I am the one missing them, and they don't care. But now, like, they're they're older, and, and uh, you know, it's it's an issue, at least. And, and most of us in the band are parents now and have kids in the pretty much the same age, like uh, 5 to, well, 5 to 10, I would say. Yeah. No. Uh, which is, yeah. I completely, 100% understand that, dude, completely. I do want to talk about, like we said, we touched on Mariner. It is a, a record that I think has a, a big aura in, for the metal world and the fan. It left a big imprint on there, but A Dawn of Fear, I've gotten an early copy. It's a fantastic record. When did you start writing for this? Um, at what point did you guys start to write for this record? I mean, we kind of... Uh, we, we started... Uh, I mean, we we have we don't meet up that often. We need like six months to just get our like everybody in the same location at the same time. Uh, we kind of we, we started with um, there's a song on there that's pretty old that we actually tried live like in 2014 or something like that. But like the whole session, I I, I don't view this record as a record. I view this as a session. Because there's been a lot of music that has been written, um, more or less uh, finished. But uh, I would say uh, it, it's hard to say because I work all the time. Like I write all the time, every day. It's not every day that things you know end up in a song, but I write all the time. I'm constantly thinking about music and constantly uh, writing riffs. Uh, not everything that I say for myself, I say for the band. Um, but uh, and then when we finally meet, when we have a concrete idea to work on, 
we don't need much time at all. We need a couple of weekends and then we're ready enough to go into the studio. Um, but to give like, the, pro, the, the process, I mean, we had like, we worked for a couple of weeks uh, in 2017, I think. And then we had like six months off, one and a half year, one year, two years, maybe. I finished like one, a few of the songs were written very, 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 very quickly. I, I know one song that took me two years to finish, but that, that that's me writing, not us. Because when I present ideas to the other uh, guys, I know I know two things: is that the finished song is not going to sound the way I planned it, and it's going to be much better. That's the two thing I two things I know. Yeah, but in, in order to get an idea to them, it takes quite a while. Excellent, man. Well, I mean, it worked fantastic on this record. I'll tell you right now. I do want to talk about a little bit, if we can get a little deep on the concept of, of the title of the record, um, A Dawn to Fear. I know it is a track on, on the record as well, but it brings the imagery. It's like feeling like you're waking up almost to some kind of fear. Fear has always been sold to society, but what is your thoughts um, on the statement that you have on this album title? The thing with the whole process uh, of this album is that I, I want it to be uh, uh, intuitive, spontaneous, and like straight from the brain slash heart, um, and just see what happened. What happened if I just sat down and just wrote whatever came up in my mind without any thought, without without any aim of, of or, or a narrative that I wanted to tell? Just okay, bam, that sentence just popped up. What happens if I if I continue that and also the same thing when it came to writing music. What happens if, if I just write what I like exactly now, not in five minutes, not like a big plan. What happens if I write a riff now that I like? And when it came to lyrics uh, and, and the process of it, the, the, the interesting part uh, of of, of uh, writing lyrics that way is that when you're finished and you take a step back. And things that just seem to be random stuff that just popped up, and all of a sudden it all makes sense. Mm-hmm. And a dawn to fear, like uh, I, I know exactly what it, it is about. Uh, and uh, the sentence popped up, and it, in a very, it, it's a very personal. It popped up out, out of a personal experience, but it kind of um, it, it symbolizes. Uh, inevitable stuff that you might not want to deal with, but they're inevitable. They're going to happen anyway. Uh, But that can also, of course, be translated into, like, bigger stuff and, and like, uh, you know, a bigger picture. Um, But just when I wrote it, it it was all about a personal experience. Wow. And so... Writing from, if we can't say, the subconscious, where it's just coming out of you without really having yeah, to think yeah. about it. Have you done that in the past, or is this kind of a first time for this record? I, I think the only the only uh, thing that this is comparable to is probably the first record. Hmm. You know, when when we were kids and just wrote, and all of a sudden somebody wanted to put out the record. Like, okay, well, yeah, well, we have these songs. Let's record them. And, you know, without any thing, without any, you know, we didn't, we didn't know that somebody wanted to, 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 to put out a record with us when we wrote the first record. 
that was just like us just doing what we liked. Uh, so that's the only thing I can, can compare it to. After that, you know, it, there's always been a main narrative that has been uh, uh, pretty much defined even even before we started writing. Uh, so we knew kind of the stories that we wanted to tell uh, even before, like, even before we wrote our first note, even before the first word hit the paper, uh, we knew what we wanted to tell and had discussed how we, you know, do our the, the best job we could do to tell it musically, lyrically, uh, visually with the artwork and, 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 and all that. So, yeah, the, this was, and I really liked this way of working to be, completely honest I, I don't know where we go from here but but this is has uh, been very um uh it's been a good process and also we wanted to do like to to make it more collective than we've done the last like 13 years when we lived in different cities uh, because Record, the recording process has been like we met, I have met a couple of days and then we, we recorded the basics and then we kind of shattered and, and everybody recorded their stuff in different studios. But this time we, we went out to this um, a small island, Giske, in Norway um, in an amazing studio called Ocean Sound. Uh, you have like the big Norwegian mountains in the background and you have like the open sea uh, in front of you. And we spent two weeks there just recording hanging out you know best of times with friends no kids <laughs> See, yeah that's great though but as you mentioned like mariner you guys thought of space so that kind of gave you a limitation of where your story wanted to go but subconsciously do you feel like it's going to be much more honest because it's just coming out without any kind of overthinking it i mean i i wouldn't say honest because, mm -hmm. because uh that that would mean that that working uh, in other ways would be uh, like dishonest. Yes. It's not. It's just like I like. But to be honest, though, like I like the idea of limiting yourself creatively, because that forces you to, to, to take decisions that or make decisions that would you you otherwise wouldn't do. So usually, like I I, I like the idea of just uh, say okay, you this is what this is what you can do and can't do. Uh, let's see how you work around it, um, and that, that's why I've been so drawn into the the idea of just um, you know limiting our own creative minds. But yeah, but this it wasn't like I, 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 I usually usually I say to not limit yourself. You know, you're 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 like you're basically limiting yourself. Um, I, it's a contradiction, I know, but it, it, it's a, I can't describe it any other way. But but my point is that it was way easier than I thought. Um, and it was like I, I've had such a creative boom the last couple of years now. I don't know what it comes from, but but it, maybe it's just like I'm, I'm just I, I, I let the horses go and they just ran. Nice. <laughs> my creative horses. Yeah. I always I always credit my like kids that take up so much of my time but like the way they see the world and then when I step away and I do something creative it seems to be faster because in my mind I think I have no time you know yeah and I don't know if you be. felt that way but I'm like I, mean, oh, it, it, I need to yeah. focus now and so I focus so much faster than I used to like I would actually I don't know kind of just 
fiddle around for a couple hours before I was like, no, no. I, I mean, usually I pick up, yeah, yeah. Usually I pick up the guitar after the kids have gone to sleep and I'm all alone nah. and, it's, and it's dark. Uh, so maybe yeah, this maybe it's, but I don't feel stressed. Nice. It's more, it's more of a meditation, if anything. Nice, dude. I like that. I do want to talk about the lead single, um, or the first track on the record as well, The Silent Man. It was released in May, but recently you guys did release the music video. Uh, the video, um, it's cinematic. It was, I don't know where exactly where it was shot, but it was, it's very much, uh, it just follows a storyline and all that stuff. Can you tell yeah. us, um, are there companion videos that are going to continue the storyline for this record? Or is this... Cause yeah. Oh, cool. How many videos did you guys shoot? Uh, two. 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 Oh, right. um, and... Yeah, this was a nightmare project from the start. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been uh, I've been pushed into doing doing this, uh, but I finally did it. it I, I I I don't know how many nights I've just looked straight into nothing and just felt nothing. No ideas came, and then all of a sudden it it all came together uh in a way that was doable <clears throat> so I, I don't see this as a music video this is a short film um that that accompanies uh, two songs and my my um mission was to do two narratives that in themselves like they work in themselves but that that there is also an overarching theme and uh, i'm i'm super um satisfied with how it turned out because both of them uh very much kind of they they are a visual representation of both songs and they they bind them together uh in a really good way and i'm super happy with the team that worked on this i mean this is this is not this has not been a small project it's been full-time job for many people um and especially for me it's been it's been on my mind for six months and and we finally got it and i'm so happy that and and the only thing that kind of bones me out is that i will have liked to release it in its like in, in its full uh the full 1756 or whatever it is but uh, my promotion doesn't work like that. Mm. They want to spread it out. So uh, I think in a couple of weeks, we're going to release the second part, which is, I mean, we say, let's just say I, I burned most of the budget on the second video. Oh. <laughs> so there's a, like, yeah, there's a lot of interesting stuff going on there. It's worth watching. And, uh, and we're going to release the second part as well as the full video. Or full film. It's The Silent Man, A Dawn to Fear, Part 1. You guys can go to Metal Sucks. We have a link to the video. But it was a fantastic video. I loved the house and the location you guys found. Can you tell oh, me yeah. about that? Where'd you, where, how, how many houses did you look at before you landed that location? Oh, yeah. The first idea, the first idea was to shoot it in, in, in the studio. Hmm. Uh, but then we found this house. It's actually a house that was built in 1919 by a, a banker uh he he owned the whole island it's it's an island uh, in the stockholm uh, peninsula or uh, our archipelago yeah yeah archipelago no, uh, anyway he, yeah he went bankrupt in 1921 and since then this house has basically 
they've done nothing with it. Um, so it's totally burned out and like walking around there, like it, it, it must be like, it's unfixable. It, it will be cheaper just to like to, to destroy it and start from 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 the beginning again, yeah. And and it's it, it's like it's worn out naturally. Um, so there, it look it looks like a movie set. It, like yeah. it looks like a studio set. Yeah, but it's not. It's all real. I mean, because of course we we, we dressed it um, and all that, but we did nothing to the walls. We did nothing to pretty much anything. Um, so yeah, it, it's an amazing house. It's called, um, I can't remember what, what it's called, but yeah, but it's like a hundred years old. Wow. I can imagine. Cause when you're watching it, it looks like the production, de- the design team went into every room and weathered the yeah. house and <laughs> the plants when you're walking up the stairs look like, you know, they haven't been trimmed in a long time, but it looked like that was all, but you just found that all that's, that's gotta be a huge, yeah, yeah. a huge thing. Um, did you know about this house or did you yeah. look for it? Um, in many different ways. It, it was actually my no, it's actually my, my producer that, that found mm. it, and we we went there and, and scoured it, and I, and I kind of I adapted the story uh, out of the room. Like I, I, it needed to work, it needed to work. Um, but that's a good thing uh, because that's the same thing. It limits me, so I need to figure out how to work my basic story in it, and it worked out for the best. And things like ah, oh, so many subconscious things that happened there. Uh, that I didn't realize until after it, it was shot that like uh, my set dresser kind of realized, uh, do you realize this painting when the old man is looking at this, like this piece of paper is exactly what your protagonist does. Like, no, like if, if you, uh, you watch like two minutes in or one and a half minutes in, you'll see him looking at a painting of an old man. And he does pretty much the same thing. Wow. That was totally subconscious. I mean, yeah, yeah. It's, it's weird, weird. I, I am a, a big fan of um, like no CGI type of stuff and just kind of having yeah. that artistic thing. And it didn't seem like you guys used any. I don't know about the opening shot with the sea or, you know. Yeah, the yeah. Intro. I mean, that, that, that yeah, was that, the thing, right? We, 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 yeah, we talked about getting a, a boat <laughs> with, with a big lantern, uh, but it did. Uh, it did like, I'm not a big uh, CGI fan. Uh, like I, I, it, you can use it to your advantage, but uh, like I'm, I'm an old school kind of guy that like makeup, and I like like smart ways of doing stuff, like in the camera, and that's yeah. Um, but and and, and that's the uh, almost uh, the only kind of CGI thing that we did. Then I mean you. You kind of work with every image, and you take like you you, you um, if you have something that's disturbing in the picture, you you get that away. But that's not CGI, really. That's just stuff. You know? Yeah. Um, no, that's but, technology. Yeah. yeah, that's no. I'm I'm very like I said, the cinematic approach that you took for the video. It's it's a highlight. I love watching music videos, and you as you know, a lot of them are just very little thought. Let's just promotional purposes. But to want to watch yeah. it on a few times and it have that same power years later, um, I think that's very yeah. special. I think you captured that, so you should be proud. I'm very excited that there's a second part. I felt it. I'm like, there's got to be a oh, second yeah, part. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I can't wait to, to hear what you say after, after you've seen that because it's, it, yeah, it, it, I think it's a, it's, it's different. 
it's uh, a bit, yeah. It's, it's, look, look all, all, all I can say is that I put neither me or the, 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 the main actor, uh, the m- main character, knew what he was getting himself into. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, like, there's so many actors that would just walk away when, when I asked him to do stuff. Uh, <laughs> he didn't. Nice. He, he was a trooper. No, oh my God, I, I put him th- through some r- really harsh stuff. Oh, now I'm even more excited. I cannot wait. It's Guys, make sure you check out part yeah. one that you're listening, and then I am guarantee the post will happen when that video comes out. Um, I do want to talk real quick before I let you go about the, the signing you are with Metal Blade Records. I noticed that Metal Blade has been letting more artistic videos happen for their bands. Whitechapel put out a couple videos this year that were very, very well-directed and well-made. If we were going to do videos, mm-hmm. if we we're going to do two videos, we might as well get it, you know, well done. Uh, so although they put in a budget, uh, I thought it was uh, uh, worth putting in some money ourselves to to get it properly done. Oh, gotcha. Cool, man. Um, so yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, they're. they're and they know what by band they they signed. Um, so so, I mean they're they're not they're not getting a, a regular uh, a, a video from us. Or so so that's yeah that's how it is. I'm super stoked. I need to congratulate you on what you guys put together on this record. It is a, a amazing record, a perfect follow up. Like I said, Mariner was one of my favorite records, if not my favorite record of that last the last five years for sure. And uh, you guys followed it up with something stronger, in my opinion. And uh, I can't wait to fans can get out there and hear it, guys. I'm going to tell you guys one more time. A Dawn to Fear is coming out September 20th. Metal Blade Records. Make sure you guys pre-order it. With that, Johannes, I want to thank you so much, dude, for calling into the Metal Sucks podcast. Well, thank you so much for taking the time.
the Metal Sucks Podcast.
and we are back guys first song you heard the silent man is off the new record at dawn of fear it comes out september 20th pre-order this record second song you heard is lay your head to rest as you heard in the interview guys make sure you go and check out these videos they're fantastic man i'm so proud of the work that these guys did and put out for us this record once again, next level. I feel like it's harder to say they keep topping themselves because Cota Luna has such a strong, strong catalog. But man, they keep topping themselves to me with that guy. So make sure, again, you pick up A Dawn of Fear. With that, I want to thank everybody out there for the five-star reviews on iTunes. That is all we ask for on this show. That simple click on iTunes. It helps us. It makes us smile. It makes us push, work hard, give you guys even the .5 episodes that we love to do when we can do that, when they when when they are feasible, guys. So we work hard for you guys. Thank you so much for the emails. Keep sending them in. Send in the Twitter. We love having the fan interaction. All three of us, all four of us, I apologize. Woo. Sylvia, follow her. It's the Sylvia on Instagram and Twitter, guys. And uh, Jocelyn, we miss you. We'll see you when you come back to town. But guys, make sure you support her comedy, jocelynsharp.com. She is on the road right now in the Midwest and guys, if you're near, it's well worth the trip to do that. And and last, guys, I want to thank everybody out there for all the support you're giving us to our other podcast, R2L, Rise to Offend. We're so grateful to you guys every week. Until next week, my friends. The Metal Sucks Podcast is signing off. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network.